Good morning, Journey Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Woo, look, let me just say, okay, I just helped you a little bit that if you uh, need any uh, help with that passion this morning, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to elevate my voice just a little bit, so I apologize ahead of time, but uh, I am excited to be with you guys. I wore my uh, vacation shirt, yeah, this is my dad vacation shirt. Hush, don't say anything, but I just wore it. You should wear yours, and so uh, excited, you know, this uh, going into the fourth week of uh, family vacation, and uh, we kicked it off with Pastor Mike talking about dreamy designations, kind of where we're heading, how to get there. We talked about effective trip planning and uh, how to map out uh, the plans that God has for us. And then last week, uh, Nathan and Ethan came in and preached with us about uh, guides to our travels, about how to help us uh, with studying the Word and understanding what the Word of God has for us. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, making memories. We're going to talk about living life, uh, living in the moment. And uh, so if you, don't, if you don't know me, my name is Bill. I'm the young adult pastor here. Um, most significant thing about me is I have eight kids. I have two sets of twin boys. Uh, I have two step, uh, step kids, and I have two uh, girls that I've adopted. Uh, so when we talk about living in the moment, uh, I feel like I do that on a regular basis. I feel like on an ongoing time, there is something going on uh, with my family. Uh, and for someone who, uh, for the most part, had boys up until uh, they were all in their 20s, uh, 18, 19, and 20, and then I got girls, Woo, I'm living in a whole different moment sometime uh, with older girls, but uh, it is awesome. It is awesome to be a part of that. And, uh, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about that and what God would like for us in living in the moment. And so I do want to just kind of kick it off uh, by sharing a scripture uh, with you guys. It does come out of Ephesians chapter 15. I'm not going to read the whole verse, uh, whole chapter to you. But this chapter is, is really a great chapter in Ephesians, uh, and it talks about uh, imitating God. That's how the chapter starts off. It talks about carefully determining what pleases God, and then it wraps up with talking about spirit-guided relationships between husbands and wives. So it's a great uh, chapter. We're not going to unpack all that, but I want to encourage you guys later to go back and read some of that, read some of what it says. Um, but we're just going to start off with, uh, with this scripture, uh, verse 15 and 16, and it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I love this scripture. I love what it has to say uh, because it does start off when we talk about uh, living in the moment, when we talk about um, what God wants for us, uh, just that whole idea of, of being careful how you live. Uh, is a great way to start this conversation. Uh, and then obviously we don't want to live like fools. Uh, we want to live like wise people. Uh, but I love this last statement. It says, make, make the most of every opportunity, even uh, in, these evil, in these evil days. And, I, and that's a fascinating scripture for me because I know that this scripture was written 2,000 years ago. And so, you know, nowadays it's easy for us to say that. It's easy for us to think about how horrible uh, things are and how uh, progressively worse we feel like things are. And, you know, we're always talking about how life is just going downhill and all that kind of stuff. And I just think it's amazing that 2,000 years ago uh, they wrote in the Bible uh, to make the most of every opportunity even in these evil days. Even then they had an idea that there were things going on that we needed to still make the most of every opportunity. And so when we talk about living in the moment, we talk about making memories, we're not just um, focused on all the evil and all the negative stuff and all the things that don't work out, but we want to cultivate a life uh, that is guided by understanding that God has a plan for us, that God has uh, grace and mercy. The Bible says uh, that, that he wants us to have life that is more abundant. 
And so a lot of times we get focused on those negative things, but we want to be able to uh, focus on those positive things. In my home, uh, we actually love to create moments. In fact, I'm all about that little snapshot moment. What can we do uh, to create a little snapshot moment? One of the things that my wife does for me uh, for Christmas is instead of getting me uh, a designated gift, she'll give me a trip. And so um, we've gone multiple places where we'll go somewhere. So instead of um, having a, a present from her, we'll go somewhere off just me and her and kind of have a good time. Uh, but those are those moments, those memory moments. Even uh, for my children as they were growing up, I wanted to always make sure we had some memory moments. Some of them I'm not going to share with you because uh, in my effort to create moments for them, I've done some crazy stuff and, um, and they know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but then there's been moments where we've gone places like I'd watch uh, Man vs. Food and I'd go, hey, we're going to go to Atlanta. And so where are some places in Atlanta area where they have Man vs. Food and, and there's this pizza joint up there. And so we went up there and we got their big, huge pizza. We didn't eat the five pounds of meat that went on it like they did on the TV show. But it was one of those things to be able to say, hey, here is a memory opportunity for us. And, uh, and so that's kind of what we want to challenge you guys with as we talk about those things. Again, that snapshot, you know, taking pictures uh, of, of that moment uh, that is in life. And, you know, I want you to think about the last trip that you had, whether good or bad. I want you to think about it. And, uh, and then in your mind, what, is, what comes to your mind? Like when you think of that last vacation, do you think about the pleasant places you went, where you were relaxed, where you had peace? Or do you think about the chaos of preparing it? Do you think about how difficult it was? you remember the fight that you had? I mean, we all have different uh, memory moments that kind of we identify with. And, uh, and so today we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And so I want to kind of start off with this uh, thought for you guys is that our memory is strength, strengthens our identity, our purpose, and bonds our relationships. And so let me just kind of help you understand a little bit of that. If you think about growing up, Maybe the work ethic that you saw in your parents is part of the work ethic that you have today. Maybe a tradition that you did, that memory that you have of something that happened, you know, years ago is part of what you do today because, again, you have that identity wrapped up in those things. And then our purpose, we have a plan. We have this thing before us because, why? Because of the memories that we have, because of the thoughts that we have, because of what we um, connect with from when we were a child or a teenager. Um, and then even for some of you guys, those relations that we have. I mean, we have a trip. We have those uh, experiences together that help bond us together. Um, in fact, they say that if you want to have a really good first date with somebody, for all you single people, if you want to have a really first good date with somebody, that you should go uh, somewhere where you get to, um, where your adrenaline gets pumped up, you know, where you either get to go uh, like to a roller coaster or to something where you get really pumped up or whatever, because if your adrenaline's pumping, then it connects well to your memories and to all those other things. And you think, man, that was a great time. Your date could have been horrible, but your experience was awesome. And then that's what they remember. They go, man, that was an awesome date. I don't remember a thing that he said to me the whole time we were there, but I had an awesome time. And so that's kind of that idea about how things work for us. It works the same way in church. For me, I, I grew up in the church. I've been in church my entire life. I, think, I, I don't think I was birthed there, but close enough. And, uh, and so being in the church my whole life, that's all I know. I, I, I know all the things of the church. All my memories are from the church. All my connections from uh, being in uh, elementary school connected to what I did in the church. All the memories that I have from high school were things that I did with my youth group uh, all the way through my life. I can remember going to youth camp since I was six. And so all those things are part of that memory that goes into who I am and the designation of all the things that I do. That's why we have life groups at Journey Church. 
is because we want to create those moments for you guys. We want to create those opportunities where you connect with other people, not just to sit around in a room and just talk about God, but to bond and to get together, to have those snapshot moments. You see those in our videos. You see those in the other things that we do uh, around the campus. Because again, we want to share with you guys those memory moments. Uh, last year, we started a life group for our young married uh, couples, and I think that that has probably been, in my opinion, one of our most ex- successful life groups because now they're not just meeting to talk about the things of God, but they're doing life together. I'm constantly hearing about how they are hanging out on, on different days, things that have nothing to do with the church, things that have nothing to do with their life group. They're just hanging out and doing life together. Again, that started with those snapshot moments, those living life uh, larger than themselves and living it to the fullest. And that's where those things come from. And so, um, so I just want to kind of also share with you this, um, this thought. Memory moments are defined by an action that's expressed in an emotion, kind of like what I was sharing with you about uh, the first date and going on a roller coaster because they get, you know, all that adrenaline and all. And so, uh, so I'm going to test my theory with you guys so you guys can help me. So in just a minute, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I want you to go, what, what? All right? I got the microphone, so y'all are going to help me here, okay? So I'm, so I'm going to say one, two, three. Everybody's going to go, what, what? Okay. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Everybody's ready? All right. One, two, three. What, what? Awesome. See, now look, first of all, we just in church said what, what with everybody. Was that not incredible? I mean, that's a memory moment. Right now, that's a snapshot. Everybody in here has just taken a snapshot of that moment. Like, Bill just made us say what, what in church. But here, what emotion did y'all have? Some of y'all are like, just like me. Y'all are like, what, what? Y'all are like, cool. Y'all emotion is up high. You want to get up and say it a few more times. Some of y'all are like, I cannot believe he made me say that. Y'all are sitting there going, what, what? Like, what did, what? Are we in church? Um, Some of y'all are having that moment. But again, it's that emotion that is directly tied to that action, right? We had an action that we all did. Your emotion was here or there or anywhere. And so that's what I'm trying to say to you guys is that when we have those memory moments, they are always tied to some type of action, some type of expression of what's going on. Again, whether it's anxiety because I made you just talk out in church really loud um, or because... um, or because you were excited by that. Think about that special hamburger that you guys all had that one time. You know, you went to that restaurant, the best burger ever, okay? You loved it, it was great. And then you went back to the restaurant because it was the best burger ever and it was not the best burger ever. And you're like, what happened? Was that because they got a new cook or they must have changed the recipe? Or maybe it was because that first time you had that burger, you were really hungry. Maybe it was because you had that emotion and that action and you were really starving and, oh, this is the best burger ever because of your, or maybe it was the people that you were hanging around. Maybe you had a good time and your friends were there and all of a sudden that became the best food in the world because, again, of the environment that you were in or the people that you were talking to. And that's, again, how we work in those things. Sometimes those special moments are special because of all those other reasons. And, and, and when we talk about memories and we talk about how they work, our memories can also be clouded with negative thoughts. Sometimes we think about, next, when we talked about family vacation a minute ago, I, I guarantee you some of you cringe. Like, you remember that, that vacation where things didn't go well, or maybe your uh, reservation didn't get right, or who knows what went wrong, but you think about that. You know, if you take your whole family and you put them in a room and you talk about different experiences, we all have a different viewpoint of that sometimes. Even husbands and wife, I may have an idea that this was a great experience, and my wife may think, man, that was the worst experience ever. Again, that's tied to our actions, to our emotions, and to the things that we feel. And God understands that. That is why when we talk about the, um, the armor of God that we put on, the very first thing that we put on is the helmet of salvation. 
That's the very first thing. So I know we have, you know, the Bible talks about having the breastplate of righteousness. The Bible talks about our feet being shooed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have the sword of the spirit. Everybody loves talking about the sword of the spirit. That's always fun. And, uh, and we talk about all those things, but salvation is the very first thing that we put on. That's the very first thing that we're given is, is we're given salvation. And that is represented by a helmet. And that is represented by a helmet because it protects our mind. Because God knows that when you come into the family of God and you're uh, living the life to the fullest that God has for you, what you need is you need your mind protected because the enemy is going to come in and he's going to start trying to say things to you that are separate than what he wants you to hear. In fact, if you will, let's look at this scripture right here in, um, in 2 Corinthians. It says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And what this scripture is saying is it's saying that we should take those thoughts that we have and not allow them to run off and go somewhere, but we should take those thoughts, those memories, and say, hey, let's be real about what this memory is. I can remember as a kid, um, there was a period of time in my life where my mom and my dad, I felt like they never had money. The reason I felt that way is because every time I asked them for something, I'd say, hey, mom, you know, can I have some money? No, no, we don't have money for that. Uh, I learned that when I was with my kids because I'd go, yeah, I don't have money for that. And, uh, but it wasn't necessarily because I didn't have the money. It's maybe because we didn't have money for that. And so I remember years later talking to my mom and, and asking her, like, hey, what in, I can't remember what happened, but I, I asked her, I said, wasn't we really poor? And she's like, no, me and your dad had good jobs. We had good money coming in. And I said, well, all I remember is I would never buy anything I wanted. You know, and that's part of that, that memory that comes in. And if that is that simple for us as, as young people, as children, think about how the enemy does that for us when we first get saved, when he comes in and he tries to say, oh, well, your salvation's not real. Or, hey, you're not really worthy of God. Or maybe God doesn't really care about you the way he does about everybody else. And that's why the Bible says that we should put on the helmet of salvation. The Bible says that we should then take all of those thoughts and bring them to captivity and to bring them to obedience of Christ so that we know that, hey, what is going on is, is part of what God has. So when the enemy comes in and he tries to tell you something that we know is not real, I have a scripture or I have a, a memory that, that connects to that. In fact, I want you guys to understand that uh, recognizing that making memories is really God's idea. God really created that. Again, in creating us, he wants us to have uh, strong memories. He wants us to be able to uh, focus on those things. In fact, we see in the scripture we've already read in that primary scripture that God wants us to create the most uh, out of our opportunities, and he wants to protect our mind and our thoughts. He understands the power of memories. In fact, 240 times in the Bible, it makes reference to remembering something talking about remembering the way of the Lord, remembering the word of the Lord, remembering the deeds and all the actions of God. 240 times it talks about that in the Bible. And so it's important for us to also bring that into our life and understand. In fact, when we do communion, one of the ordinances of the church, do we not talk about, hey, remember the body and the blood of Christ? God is constantly wanting us to remember those things. He has, he has created our ability to, mem to remember and to create those snapshot moments of our life. In fact, God wants us, um, God wants us to, to give our memories our, our, our spiritual experience. He wants us to create exper spiritual experiences from our memories. I want you to think about maybe some of those occasions that you've had in your life where God has done something for you, where God has reached uh, for you. Maybe your salvation was a big deal. Maybe that moment where God, where, where God spoke to your heart and you became saved. Or maybe baptism. Isn't that why we do water baptism up here? 
is because we want to have that outward expression of faith. We want everybody to know, like, hey, I prayed the prayer down there on, on that seat, but hey, now I'm going to stand up here in front of everybody and go, hey, this is a memory moment for me, that I am dedicating my life and giving my life over to Christ, so that everything I do from this point on is, is God's. You know, I can remember um, baptizing my children. I can remember, you know, when I've had that opportunity to baptize them as a father. That is a memory moment for me. That is a spiritual uh, experience that God wants from us. I can remember when uh, my dad was a children's pastor, and not only did he did, do children's work, but we also did uh, evangelism. So he'd travel all over the country. I was about six or seven, and we would travel all over the country doing uh kids' crusades and going to churches and teaching young children about God. And, and so I can remember in our travels, there was a period of our time where we didn't have a lot of money. And I can remember my parents had about $70 on them. And, um, and so my parents went out, they bought some groceries and stuff, and they had just a few uh, dollars left. And so they decided, hey, we're going to take our kids out for ice cream because that's what you do for six and seven-year-olds who don't understand all the things that are going on around them. And, uh, and not to be frivolous or to just waste his money, but he felt like, hey, I'm going to take them out there. In fact, <clears throat> I, I shared this story in first service, and my mom texts me, and she's like, hey, you, let me tell you another part of that. She said the extra money that he had, he said, well, we were going back home. Uh, there was actually a homeless person that asked him for money, and your dad actually gave him the rest of the money that he had. So of the $70 that we had at that moment, by the time we got to where we were staying, um, he didn't have any money. And, um, but that night, somebody came to, uh, to the place where we were staying, and they gave us over $250 worth of groceries and, and presented my parents with, with money. And, and I say that to you because that is that, that is that spiritual experience that has guided every aspect of my life. That is that moment where I know that God is faithful because he has proven himself time and time again. See, the enemy wants to twist and change our memories. He wants to change our thoughts because he doesn't want us to rely upon God. But we serve a God who is faithful. He was faithful yesterday. He is faithful today. My dad and mom took every opportunity to challenge me in the things of God, to help me to see God be faithful, to help me to see that God was reliant, to see that I could trust God so that as I have become a man, I could rely upon that myself. I knew that I could trust in God. I knew I could rely. So when finances are bad, I don't sit there and shake my head and go, I don't know what to do. Instead, I sit back, I shake my head and say, God, do it for me. God, help guide me, help give me wisdom, help give me strength, help me to do the things that I need to do. That's what guides our, our spiritual experiences. That's what helps us when we have those memory moments that help us to live life to the fullest that are tied to the work that God is doing. The Bible says in him, we live and move and have our being. We should never exist outside of him, but always with him. And when we do that, then our memory and our moments and all those opportunities are tied specifically to what he's doing in our life. In fact, if you look at it, <laughs> these memories of our spiritual experience become our testimony. Is that not where we get to stand up and say to my kids, hey, I know God is faithful today because he was faithful yesterday. I know that God will deliver today because he delivered yesterday. I know that God is gonna do something wonderful. So I take every opportunity, even in these evil days, to understand, to live life to the fullest, to make those memory moments, to capture what it is that God wants to do in my life because I know that he is able and he is faithful and he is just, and he is able to do exceedingly more than I could ever ask or imagine. But it comes, it gives us that opportunity. So now my testimony, when my friend says, hey, I'm having a bad day, I can say, yeah, let me tell you what God has done for me. Or when I'm having a moment, or, or somebody's sharing something that's going on in their tragedy or their difficulty, I can say, hey, let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you how God has changed my life, how God has worked through me. Because those are those testimonies that we, that we are able to have through the trials, through the testings, through the struggles 
I can rely upon God. Let me read this scripture for you. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and God is faithful. I just want to pause right there at that word and. Because I know we talk a lot, you know, I don't know if, if you guys have those conversations about the word but, but we say, hey, you know, when you use that word but, it means everything you said before really doesn't matter. It's like when you say, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> I love you, but, you know, those are the worst times that we hear the, that word but. But there's always that, right? We hear that word and it means, hey, whatever we just said doesn't mean anything. But in this scripture, it doesn't say, it, it doesn't say no different than what others experience, but God is faithful. It says, and God is faithful. In, in spite of the temptations, in spite of what all we go through, and God is faithful, he will not allow the temptations to be more than what we can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Part of that way out that he's showing you is that memory moment. Part of that is when he seizes that opportunity to, hey, remember when I was faithful before. Remember when I delivered you before. Remember when I saved you. Remember when I did something for you before. And so when things are difficult and I'm struggling and I'm having a bad day, I remember, and God is faithful. Let me say this. We have a responsibility as husbands, as you know, spouses and parents and coworkers and peers and fathers and whatever role you're in, we have a responsibility to assist with making those memories for other people. It's not just my job to have my own memories, but for me to take those memories and help my children to understand those memories that God has. In fact, if we do what God has called us to do, making memories will cost us time and effort. It's something we'll have to work through. It's something we'll have to think about. You know, we can uh, plan a vacation and just show up, or we can plan all the things we're going to do so that we can create those memories. And the same thing is true for our children. We can just, hey, let their, let their life play out, or we can plan those moments. We can make those things happen, and it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us some time. It's something that we're going to have to invest in. Maybe we need to read Scripture a little bit more so that we understand it, so that we can then impose it and give it to our children. Maybe we need to take a little extra time to understand what God is really saying. When things happen in our world, as they happen all the time, maybe we need to study that a little bit more so that we can have those dialogues with their children so they do understand the significance of Roe versus Wade, or so they do understand the significance of how God works in our life, or we do understand the significance of all those things. We have a responsibility, but it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us some time, and it's going to cost us some energy and some things that we need. And and let me say this, God is not ever unaware of how sometimes we feel paralyzed by our memories. Sometimes we have memories that, that hold us up and memories that stop us. And so I just want to challenge you that uh, don't let the enemy steal or control your memories. Don't let the enemy steal those from you. Again, he's gonna, the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so what he wants to do is we have this memory of God doing something and the enemy wants to come in and change it. Or the enemy wants to come in and, and give us another idea. Or the enemy wants to say, hey, that's not true. The worst thing that the enemy can do for us is try to convince us that God, that what God is doing in our life and the truth of who God is, that that's not truth, that that's not real. Well, that's just something that somebody else believes. And that's where those memory moments are important to us. That's where living life to the fullest is important as we are guided by God, as we are guided by what he's speaking to us and not allowing the enemy to, uh, to, to trap us or to, or to change our thought. You know, God wants us to know that we don't have to be paralyzed by tough memories, that, we can, that he can help us to move on and that it's his goal to bring about healing if we'll ask him. And so let me just share a couple of scriptures with you here. This one is Psalms uh, chapter 102, verse 17, and it says this, he will listen to the prayers of the destitute 
and he will not reject their pleas. One of the reasons I love this scripture is because, I'll just be honest with you, I don't, I don't feel destitute. I don't feel destitute. I feel like that God, you know, listens to me, that God hears what I say. When I pray, I feel like God is listening to me. But, you know, you may not be there today. You may feel like that person that God doesn't listen to. You may feel like God, God is not connected to you. You may feel like that God is really far away. But this scripture says that he listens to the prayers of the destitute. He listens to those people who do not think that God is listening to them. He does not reject their pleas. I love that scripture. So you may be struggling today. You may be thinking, hey, God's not really listening to me. God doesn't care about that. And he does. He does care. In fact, he cares more than most of us can imagine. This is what I love about who God is, is that God loves me as if I am the only person in the world to love. At the same time, God loves you as if you are the only person in the world to love. He loves you as if you are the only person in the world to love. That is the magnificent grace of God's love, is that while he loves me, he loves everybody in here the same, but it's as if you were the only person that he loves. And that is a love that is just so uncomprehensible, but, but it helps me to know that when I'm struggling, when I'm having a problem, when I'm having uh, desperation in life, I can reach out to him because he hears my prayers and he wants to, he's not gonna reject my needs. He's a God that is concerned with what's going on. And that's a memory moment for me because I remember those times that I've called out to him in pain and distress and he answered me and he responded to me because he cares about me, because he cares about you the same way. And so let me read this scripture for you. In Philippians, it says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I am focused on this one thing, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach. Uh, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling me. This is a great testimony again of what God is wanting to do in our life. That He's not looking at all those negative things in our life. He's not looking at our past and our failures. He's not trying to throw out those snapshots of all those moments where you struggled or where you were imperfect or where you said the wrong thing or where you did the wrong thing. He's not giving you those pictures. He's giving you those pictures of his salvation, of his grace, of his love, of his compassion. He's giving you those snapshots of those moments where he gave his life up for you on the cross or maybe that, that incredible moment where he resurrected so that we could be resurrected in our life. Is that not incredible to think that I don't have just a snapshot of a, of a Christ that is on the cross, but I have a snapshot of a risen Savior who is able more than I want to do whatever uh, I, is needed in my life. If my children are struggling, I can pray and I can rely upon him. If I'm struggling, I can pray and rely upon him. If my friends are struggling, I can, relay, I can re, uh, rely upon him. Why? Because he is faithful. He is faithful and he is just. He is the God that is concerned with us. Memories can let us down. They can take some of the most embarrassing moments of our life and flag us. And those things tend to come crystal clear in our life sometimes more than what God is doing. Um, But God wants to take those things and he wants to replace them. Memory is a wonderful gift from God that when accepted and used, we can see the redemptive power of what God is trying to do in our life. To live more faithful to the one who walks beside us and bids us to walk with him. You know, sometimes the best antidote for stress and feeling overwhelmed (laughs) is to simply think about the good things and the good times that you've had in life. What are those good moments? Remember the good old days? Remember that moment? And God has given us a lot of them. 
And so I just want to share just a couple of next steps for you guys. And um, as we look at these, uh, I want to start with our, our first one is just simply start with the helmet of salvation. For some of you today, you've come to church, maybe you've listened, maybe you've watched online, but you've not yet taken that step of faith for salvation. You've not yet stepped out in faith and said, hey, I want Christ to come into my heart. That's that helmet of salvation. That's where we get to, you know, put on that safety thing that helps uh, our mind, that guards our mind. And so in just a minute, I'm going to pray with you guys. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If that's you today or if that's you online, we want to encourage you guys to take that opportunity to step out in faith, to say that prayer of salvation and, and allow God to begin to do an incredible, incredible work in your life. The next thing I want to challenge you guys to do is to uh, ask God for guidance in making memories. You know, there's a lot of opportunities. Maybe we don't always think about them. Maybe we don't process that out. I'm hoping after today you will. If you want to live life to the fullest, we have to be intentional and should be intentional about making those moments. I don't want to get at the end of my life and have every moment dictated by somebody else. I want to be involved in those actions and in those emotions that I help to, to express to the people around me. I want them to think, oh yeah, Bill, he's, he was passionate. He was passionate about this and he loved God and he understood that stuff. And, and it was great to, you know, I want those memories to be those memories. And then the last thing I want to challenge you guys with is I want to challenge you that we start looking for those spiritual experiences, not just for ourselves, but for other people. What are those things that we can do? How, are the, how can we help other people? I have to just share this. My father-in-law is here and I'm just going to share this moment with him. Uh, he has a spiritual moment that he gives us every time he prays. He prays for us all the time over food. And he always adds this at the end. He always says, um, and that no evil will come our dwelling. <laughs> now, part of that is because he doesn't want us to get sick from bad food. Okay, let me just, that's part of it. But I love that phrase that he adds. Let me tell you what's even better than that. Is when my stepson Garrett prayed for us not long ago. And at the end of his prayer, he said, and let no evil come my dwelling. That is that spiritual experience that we want to give down to other people so that it's not just us. It's not just my snapshot, but then it becomes your snapshot. The faithfulness of God to my parents is the faithfulness of God to me, which is the faithfulness of God to you and everybody else, because we are all in that moment together. And so I want to challenge you guys with that. If you want me to get you just to bow your head and close your eyes, I want to pray for you guys. Maybe you're here this moment and you say, you know, Bill, I've never had the opportunity. I've never taken that moment to ask Christ to come into my heart. But I want to do that today. I want to ask God. I want to put on that helmet of salvation. And so if that's you, if you would, will you just lift your hand up and say, hey, I just want to pray that sinner's prayer today. I want to make that commitment. If there's anybody here this morning, just want to challenge you with that, just to lift your hand and put it right back down so we'll know. Maybe you're online today and you'd let us know, hey, I want to make that commitment. I want to give my life over to Christ I want him to begin to work and move and create those memory moments for me. For the rest of us in here, I just want to challenge you. In just a minute, the worship team's going to come up and they're going to um, play some music for us. It's going to give us an opportunity to, um, to go to God ourselves, to have a personal conversation with God about some things. Our prayer team will come up. They'll be on the side and they'll have somebody to pray with if you want. But I just want to challenge you just to take that moment to have a conversation with God about how we can change and create those memory moments, to create those spiritual experiences that become our testimony and allow God to work with us in such a special way. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for how you work and move in our life. Thank you so much 
for your salvation that you give us freely, for your salvation that guards and protects. And Father God, I ask you, Lord, that you will just help and stir within us an ability to understand that you are faithful. You are a faithful God. And to allow us to remember those memory moments that will capture your faithfulness over and over to us. Father, I ask you that you'll speak to our hearts during this time of song. And we ask you, Lord, just to move and work in our heart. In your name we pray. Amen.